Within the Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Malak Ari. And today I have a very, very, very special guest, man. You may have seen this brother on Comedy Central. He's been on NBC. He's been on MTV, uh, Amazon Video. I mean, you can catch him at a lot of uh, dope comedy clubs all around the country, man. His brother got a lot of dope, dope stuff coming out. And straight out of Philly, introducing the one the only Monroe Martin the third man what's going on brother what's going on yo that was a good that was a hell of a mentor <laughs> I had, I, hey hey I, I didn't even, I didn't even realize some of the stuff that was in here I'm like oh shit okay damn bro I, I can't run off all this shit but like I'm like damn hey, hey, take your time take your time. I'm like man he got a hell of a resume <laughs> man this is this is this is good right here man see you know I, like I told you I brought I, I want my Philly shit for this one man Thank I want my Philly shit for this one. But look, before we get started off, man, I want to say that this is how I got introduced to you. You was performing in Philly, I believe, like mm-hmm. two years ago. I'm trying to think of the club. It's somewhere. It... Hold on. Okay. If it was okay. two years ago, it's only it could only be a couple of spots. I'm trying to think. Ah, oh, man, I'm trying to think. Because I, I went to see uh, these rap guys, Gorzelda. I went to see them at the same club. And it's... Mm-hmm. it's it's um a lot of white cats down there in that in that area. Uh, uh, yeah, it's been like gentrified. It's been gentrified. Long story, yeah. long story short, I seen you down there. Who, who else was on the show? Um, it was you. I believe it was. Uh, what's the female? Um, uh, I think was oh uh, my man. What's the name? Godfrey. I think Godfrey was on that one. Oh um, wow. Man, yeah, that was a couple it, of years ago. Yeah, it's a couple of years ago, and um, that was helium. Helium, right? Helium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah, we yeah. go. There we ago. go. Because I was in Philly yeah. for the weekend. We, I was in yeah. Philly for the weekend, man. So that's how that's how I got hip to you, man. And I was like, man, this brother funny as hell. Yeah, like, man, man, how come I never heard of this guy? Hey, man, now you do. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> like, man, how come I never heard of this guy, man? So, um. Ever since then, man, I've been tapped in, man. I've been trying to follow, uh, follow you, see what you got going on. And um, I remember I was watching another podcast where I heard, actually heard Godfrey uh, shot you out. He was like, "Man, this brother Monroe Martin is one of the, the, the um, one of the uh, dopest up and coming comedians." And I was like, "Damn!" I said, "This the same? Oh, that guy!" I'm like, "Man, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, this is this is okay. Yeah, yeah. So I need to." Let me tap more into uh, see what this brother got going on, and like I said, man, I love the stuff that you got uh, going on, man. I, I, I love the material, man. Very original, um, very unique, man. And I was surprised that you like seven feet. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, which like seven feet? I'm only six five, but if six I'm five, five, I'm feet, with you. Yeah, I would yeah. definitely play ball. I don't think it's only two places you can be seven feet seven feet the circus and the basketball court <laughs> like six five is still like oh okay cool. right right right, right, right. Six, five. okay 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 so so i say i say with this interview man yeah i say right this, this is gonna be a conversation man because I, I like i said man i've been trying to get you on the platform for a minute we i, I reached out to you i believe like two months ago Things that, you know, I guess you got stuff going on. I had stuff going on, but I say, man, once the opportunity presents itself, I'm not going to, I, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta seize the opportunity, man. So here you are. Hey, man, I'm here. Okay. So here we go. I want, I want, I want to start from the beginning, man. I want to, I want to start from the beginning. Like you're originally from Philadelphia. I'm originally from Philadelphia. I grew up there, I, but I lived all around Philly. So okay. People go, what part of Philly are you from? I'm like, like from the youngest, it'll be North Philly. Gotcha. That's but I grew up in foster care, so I was taken from North Philly, and then I lived all over Philadelphia, including other parts of PA. Okay, so, so, I'm so from Philly, from Philly. so so that's what me and you. West. Go ahead, go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. I lived in West. I've lived in Frankfurt. I lived in so many different parts of Philly, okay. even like in the south, in the south. Okay. So, yeah. No, no, no. See, see, that's a that's a thing that me and you have in common. We both foster kids. Oh, I grew, okay, I grew okay. up in a foster home as myself. I was in one. I say from the age of about three to probably okay. about ah, about fifteen, sixteen, something like that. 
All right, did you age so at 15? Did you go back with a biological family? Yeah, or? I went I went I went back to stay with my mom and okay. um you know a, a similar story like you know I'm from Washington DC but I'm okay. I've been in southeast, I've been in north. If you're familiar with DC, we it's, it's uh the, yeah. It's separated in four quarters. So I've been in every part of DC except southwest. Yeah. You know, so I was that that um you know just you being a foster kid man that was that was something that that um gravitated me towards you and i remember you um talking about some of your experiences in, in, in foster care yeah. so talk about that man because you you really you know what i'm saying the way you shine light on the on the uh um the foster care system man you know yeah. it was it was you know it, it was it was very unique it was different so, so talk man, about i that. appreciate that man uh i mean i enjoy it. it it i enjoy doing it a lot more now as an adult than I did when I was younger. Cause when you're in it, you really like, what the fuck is happening? Now that I'm out of it, I'm like, oh, I can joke around with the dark stuff or whatever people call dark. I don't really like, I've come to terms with the, the word dark humor, but I think people mislabel dark humor for just like, ah, someone's just giving you the reality of the situation. Right. And pulling the funny out of it was never while never really going into this what if fantasy land. So okay. I think like I get labeled dark when I talk about that stuff. But for me, I'm like, that's what comedy is about. It's about people sharing their individual experiences to see if a larger audience will gravitate towards it. You know what I mean? Like no I, I feel like and that's how my goal is to see if I'm funny for real, meaning like people outside of me people right. who don't who haven't really lived in the same neighborhoods and shit like you're from dc and you're like yo I, that shit resonated with me you know what i mean uh, no doubt, that's, no doubt. Really the, really the, that's really the reason i even like talk about it because i'm like a lot of people don't know what the experience is like inside of a foster home yeah. you know what i mean and yeah, i no feel doubt. like right now yeah and also i feel like it uh like it helped me understand people a little bit more because I bounced around. Like when I said right, right, right. I was in like fourteen homes, I was like including like group homes and stuff. So yeah, I, did, like I did, I did, I did that too. Yeah, I yeah, did, I did. Right? Summer, I spent the uh, the summer of '96 in a good like. For, um, after I left foster care, I went and stayed in a group home, and then I went back and and, and stayed with my mom. Yeah, but you had the you, but so when you was in foster home. And in group homes, you like shit. Like there's that whole like there's a world you live in, yeah. and now that's gone, and you gotta adjust to this new world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think yeah. that made me understand people a little bit more because I'm like I've never had comfort, and when I see what people go, this is comfort. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like you don't you don't know like that's not comfort <laughs> at all. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Did you see? That's what I used to do. Like. I don't know, and and I talked to other foster kids, man. But I, I feel like I was unique in this situation. Like I used to lie to my friends and tell them, like my dad worked at UPS. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was oh, so yeah, ashamed. Yeah. That I was so not realizing that most of the kids I grew up, they didn't have fathers, or yeah. you know, they, they they came from dysfunctional um, uh, backgrounds. So, yeah. but I would I would I. I, I, I I was so insecure about being a foster home. I would lie about shit that would that that's nothing to even brag about. Like my dad yeah. works for UPS or he works for the post office. Like who yeah. who would brag about that? <laughs> yeah, no, hey, me. I was in the same shit. I was like, no one knew. I thought I kept it a good secret for like at least through high school. I think maybe like one or two people knew that went to the school that I attended. But other than the friends that I made in foster care, I don't think anyone really knew. Oh shit! Oh, you know shit. what I mean? Like yeah, I even yeah. like people wouldn't even like <laughs> like I didn't have to worry about like my mom picking me up from school and shit like yeah. that. Only thing they I went to the same high school, so the only thing they ever asked is why do I choose a different way every every year? <laughs> every year they're like, wait, I thought you got on the C bus. Why are you on the 18? Yeah. Wait. They like they're like, I'm like, no, oh, I'm in an after school program. That's crazy. That's crazy. Now you, you know, you went to you went to Martin Luther King um 
high school. Yeah. Talk mm-hmm. about that because because I remember watching the special, man. And I'm paraphrasing it, but it sound it sound a little bit like East Side High. <laughs> oh yeah, man! I love that damn school. That school taught me how to do fun because, uh, like, I don't know how the hell I got through that school, but I always felt like I was like funny decently. Right. Like I just said goofy shit every once in a while, but uh, it wasn't as bad as people made it seem. You know what I mean? Like now, who's some of the alumni? Who's some of the alumni that came out? Because one thing about Philadelphia, man, all the schools, you know, you I guys got really like know. a lot of lot of famous alumni that come out of a lot of the schools. King? I don't really know. I don't think we have any that went to King. I think um like a lot of our famous people went to like with athletes. What you got? Um I'm talking about period. Like, yeah, well, period. I don't know. Like that school, I don't even know. I'm being honest. Okay. That school, yeah. Okay. Okay. Shit. Uh, hopefully me. Um, no. <laughs> but, uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that school wasn't that bad. It was bad. It's bad in retrospect, but when you're there, you contributing to how terrible it is. And you're like, this is fun. <laughs> you're like, yo, I'm failing. I'm part of the problem. I'm a part of the problem because you don't realize it. You yeah. don't realize it because you're having so much fun. And that was the thing. I'm like, I'm failing all my classes. And they're like, this school is the worst school academically. And I'm like, well, at least it ain't me. I'm part of the status quo. Yo, so <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. Like I I had to go to that school for all four years, and uh, I mean, I made do it. I I made some friends. Okay. I had a good experience. I didn't really get fucked with. Okay. So shit, you, I, I mean, you're 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 six five, man. So ain't a lot of people go fuck with somebody that's six five. I think that yeah, probably. I think that was probably it. They're like, ah, we don't know. Cause I didn't really fuck with people. Like I wasn't one of those people that like walked around being a bully. I was like, I was right, chill. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? okay. Yeah. Now, now, when a lot of people when they think of Philly, they think of brotherly love. They think of the Phillies baseball team. They think of, uh, I guess, Philadelphia International Gambling Hub, whatever. But a lot of people, um, a lot of people don't know that you know you guys have a, a rich. Uh, history you know and and, and and comedy you know what i'm saying but oh yeah 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 we got even pa in general like um wait finish your question sorry no no i was just i was no i was just about to that, that you, you about to segue into what i'm about to ask next uh what I, the question i wanted to ask you which was like where did you um get your inspiration from as far as comedy was it local was it abroad you know how did that whole you know how did what was your well, introduction then, to comedy my introduction to comedy definitely came through like the death comedy jams and the bet and stuff like that but sure. i viewed it so differently i viewed it as those people are actors that perfect because you would see them doing stand-up but then you would see them in a movie and stuff like that so right outsider looking in i'm like wow like those people are special Okay. You know what I mean? I'm like, they get to do this solo show because they're an actor. And I just thought it was all the part of acting. So, and growing up, when you hear acting, you think years of school and all that stuff. So I didn't never look at it as this obtainable thing. So when I was watching it, I was watching it more so from a fan's perspective. But I was funny. I had friends that were like, yo, man, you're funny as hell. You should do comedy. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to do that shit. It's like you had that's like asking me to be a scientist. So I didn't know where to start. So right. I would just like I would go to I would um go to I was going to community college and I would do little acting classes here and there. But stand up came from the thing that made me go shit. Stand up is attainable. As when I seen somebody working their day job, like a comic who was on a TV show. Right. At his day job. Okay. Like he was on the back of the crash truck. And that made me go, holy shit, you can do both. It made me, you know what I mean? That made me go, holy shit, like I could do stand up and have a regular job. Okay. You can be a regular person to do this thing. And then that's when I started going to open mics and stuff like that. And then my view of comedy changed from a spectator to like a participator. Probably like maybe like a full solid two years in where I'm like, oh, 
I'm ex I'm inspired by everyone in the Philly scene because even if you suck, you still you're still going up there trying to attempt something. So okay. I would watch comics and I would get inspired to be like, oh, well, this dude went up there and he killed it with a joke that he wrote yesterday. So let me mm. try it. You know what I mean? That's so I think it, it made me like I I developed an appreciation for comedians while doing it like oh shit this is the skill set that you really gotta work on on and off the stage yeah, yeah. so when i say the inspiration the inspiration came from being in the scene okay you know what i mean because when you see people work you're like oh shit i would see people go from open mic to hosting or go from hosting to being like a doing like a feature on another show right and right. they're on another show with a bigger comic and that comic is a dude i've seen from tv so i'm seeing the path right in front of me it's just like right. oh shit, you start here but it can lead you there okay you know what i mean okay so i just watch other comics take that leap and i'm like fuck it i'm next up it's not a next right. up thing not even next up thing it's more of like a ah, fuck it, i ain't afraid to jump that's really what it is. It's like if you see people jumping over the edge, you're like, yeah. if you jump, it depends on what the fuck is over that edge. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 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 wild, man. So so um let's let's bring it back. You know, now you mentioned, like you said, you got your uh, you know, a lot of your inspiration from seeing guys locally. You know, what was it like? You know, your your first time going up? Did you bomb? What what, what was going through your your you know your your your, your mind as far as like adrenaline? Russian and butterflies like how how was that first time going I mean, up to the stage man I'm coming up on the mic I mean the, like now looking back it'll probably be more poetic but like in the moment it probably wasn't it was probably just all nerves and shit but of course yes I bombed my first time I didn't really get a solid laugh until two months in where I'm like I did a joke from from thought yeah, explain it. Explain that. Yeah, I was about to say, explain the solid laugh. Yeah, <laughs> explain so that. Solid laugh. There's a laugh that you get. Like there's a laugh where you make someone laugh, and right. then there's a laugh where they was gonna give it up anyway because they're just in that mood. So they're laughing shit that really wasn't funny. Yeah. Or things that were just lobbing <laughs> But when <laughs> when I said the first time I actually made it, like I feel like a joke is something that you present to somebody. You go, hey, 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 look at this thing right here. This is different and this is why. And I felt like the first time I was able to do that and bring people's attention to something, and then they went, oh shit, that, that motherfucker, that's funny. And then it took two months for me to do that. And, um, and I think it was a stupid joke. The joke was about how rappers regressed to the point where I'm hearing Negro spirituals on the radio. Like, it was like, <laughs> it was so long ago. That joke was like 2007. Uh, but I was, I was talking about like the current state of music at that time. And I made a reference how to set this back. And then how basically we're going to get to the point where we're just going to have plantation station or some shit like that. And it <laughs> made the room laugh. And the room was right, like, right, right. oh. Okay. <laughs> I went, holy shit. Like, I celebrated that fucking moment. I was like, yo. But then what you end up doing is you end up, like, two things in the time. You end up protecting that joke where you're like, fuck, I don't have anything funnier than that. So I'm going to save it for, like, when I really need to bring it out. So I'll fly with it. <laughs> I think it's funny. But then I never heard that. I didn't know comedians protect, protect certain jokes. Yeah, starting off, you're like, okay. I got this joke on the hip, so I don't want to throw this joke out too soon because it's my wild card. It's my wild card. <laughs> yeah. Right? So I'm like, you you start hiding it in the middle of your set, but then you start running to it. Let's say you got a five minute set, and you really only got two minutes, and then you run to your <laughs> joke. Y'all remember that other shit? Like you start trying to tag it. So I reached that point in two months. And when I reached that point, I started seeing other comedians kind of figure it out too. Like, yo, motherfucker, like, you heard that shit I said last week? So that got me excited because I'm like, yeah, there's greats. They're like, don't forget, like, I started in the Laugh House. Kevin Hart is- I was uh, just about to mention Kevin Hart, he's from Philly. Trey, 
Um, Keith Robinson. Uh, you got so many. I'm talking about the comics from Philly, but you got like I've seen Michael Blackstons. I've seen Dion Coles. Like, I was seeing the best comics come through the comedy club. Mm. And, like, they're doing it on that level. And we're still on this level. But we're excited because we're, like, we're almost there. Even though we were years away from that, we're still, like, all right, we're getting close. Because you, you form a, a tight enough set that'll get you to their shows. Gotcha. So once I was able to, like, make that, not make that jump, but make that transition from, like, doing open mics to being on the weekend shows, doing guest spots and hosting. I was like, this is a real thing. I got to take this shit serious. Like, this is a real life situation. This is more than a hobby at this point. So when do you when do you start? When did you uh, stop doing, um, like, exp- explain, like, how does open mics work? Because to my knowledge, I always thought, like, open mics is something that amateur comedians or, you know, comedians that just starting, they only do open mics. Or can anybody yeah. do veteran comedians? Do they like, ex, you know, uh, expound on that a little bit? Yeah, veteran comedians definitely, it depends on what mic it is and who's throwing it. Like the seller does like a new joke night. Comedy seller in New York, they do like a new joke night or the stand comedy club do a new joke night. And those are, those are professional shows for younger comedians, but open okay. mics for more established comics. So they can come in low stakes situation meaning like there's no ticket sales involved uh the audience already knows they're going to hear some shit that is not worked out yet and then that's how it goes but for comics who haven't reached that level you got to go to open mics and open mics are yeah for amateurs they got comedy open mics which are just a bunch of comics picking their name out of a hat and doing their best three to five minutes Okay. And then there's music open mics and shit. So I started at the comedy open mics and the music open mics and the poetry open mics. Any spot that had a microphone, me and my friends, we were going. We was telling our little horse shit jokes because we were like, we got to get good at this thing. But once I stopped doing open mics, really when I, uh, I would say in New York, when I moved to New York, and uh, I started doing produced shows, meaning like shows that are like, that have paying audiences or just aren't full of comedians. I started doing more of those when I moved to New York. And that's when I had to get the open mic because now I'm talking to actual audience members. Some open mics are just comics, okay. just other performers. And you really can't perform for people who do the shit you do and not giving you an honest response. Okay. So I always wanted to ask a comedian this, because I know you guys um, perform in different types of uh, mm-hmm. settings, different type of crowds, different nationalities. And, um, you know, how do you guys go about like, um, you know, when you when, when you're performing in front of like a different um, a crowd, when you perform in a different type of crowds, do you have like a certain type of material for that crowd? Or do you just sometimes go off the top of the head? Like, how does that work? You know? Nah, not me, man. I I feel like in order to know it works, you gotta make sure it works with everybody without changing the recipe, right? That's that's at least my understanding. Those are the comics that I grew up on and I enjoy watching were the ones who could make a room full of people who look like them and don't look like them laugh at the same shit. So I try, I, I, I would, I try, I don't, I'm trying to think about it. Yeah, like depending on a room, like even if I do like, let's say an urban room or whatever, I'm not hamming it up. Like I'm telling the same exact jokes that I did for any other audience the same exact way. Because I feel like that's how you know if you're funny. If you're making one specific group of people laugh, I'm like, you funny, but there's the rest of the fucking world. You know what I mean? There's the rest of the world. Like I just performed in Africa. And that's to me, I'm like, yeah, that's a bunch of it's black, but right. I didn't know if they were gonna understand me, but they right. did. And they got the shit that I was talking about because I'm more like I'm I'm personal. Like I talk about my personal life. Right. So you don't need much knowledge to understand what's going on. It's just like this is me, my life, here's the things that's going on in my life and the way I see things. So I feel like that's an easier transition. That's an easier thing to do when you're trying to talk to everyone. 
or at least talk to a broader audience, you're like, all right, if I go within, I know a lot of other people will enjoy this shit too, because we all feel similar shit. You know what I mean? No doubt. Now, being from Philly, you know what? What? Um, you know what? What made you go down this uh th- this certain lane? Like, how did you decide? You know, I'm gonna be this type of comedian because a lot of times, you know, I notice guys that come from urban areas. You know, we especially. I'm gonna just keep it. I'm gonna keep it 100. Like black people, we 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 try to pigeonhole. You know, certain people that come from our area. Like, we, you know, we 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 only see comedy through this certain type of lens. And I feel like sometimes we don't allow comedians to yeah. uh, to, to, to to fully express themselves. We want to stereotype them. So, yeah. make a long story short, what what um, made you uh, decide this is the type of lane of comedy that you want to decide to um, you know uh, to, to to give to the people? Well, I I would say other comedians definitely helped me out with that. Meaning, like I started in the urban scene, and I still think there's. Like, there's great comics no matter what scene you go in and stuff like that. I think maybe the audience is just, I think it's just like an audience thing. Sometimes your audience may be a little rowdy or whatever. But starting at the Laugh House, I also got to talk to other comics who would be like, yeah, I see you here. I see you doing this, but make sure you go here too. Like, they would say shit like that. They were like, yeah, I see you at the Laugh House, but make sure you go to Helium. I make okay. sure that you go try these other rooms. Like they were pushing me and a couple of the other comics out, going, "Hey, hey, hey, hey! Right. Don't get comfortable here. Go out. Like we got yeah. this already." Like, because I looked at it as a thing where they're like, "Look, you young, you funny, fucking figure it out. Like, but just don't come here." And I think that's like a uh, something I'm grateful for because it was like me and a couple other comics who I'm super cool with. They were best friends. We all live in New York because of that. Because okay. the same comics were like, get the fuck out of here, go to New York, be around, like be like be in the scene. And they were right. Like the moment you get to New York and you step outside of your comfort zone, the, the city opens up. And you feel you realize you can go anywhere you want. You know what I mean? Okay. So I have to that's that's comics. That's all comedians before me telling me to get the fuck out. Okay, so when did you realize, like, you know, this comedy shit? This is something I'm up that I, I, I'm pretty much I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. Like, this is something like whatever uh, job or career that I had uh, before, that's over with. This is this is what I want to do. When did you, you know, because what was yeah, you, what did you do? What did you do prior to being a comedian? That was like, uh, yeah, I want to say like two years in. Once I made that that transition from open mic to like being paid as a host at the lab house, I was like, I think I can do this on a on a uh, a regular basis. It was just learning how to string shows together. But I never really had like a professional job, so that also helped too. Like I went to That's community cool. college. I had jobs at AmeriCorps and all that stuff. I even worked at the zoo. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out, time out. Yo, you didn't say America. You talking about the, uh, oh yeah. man. That's AmeriCorps. like a, a multi-level marketing. <laughs> One no, of the no, 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 no. I'm talking about the AmeriCorps joint. You know, uh, they're like a, a non-profit organization that goes out and they help schools. Oh, they okay, help, my uh, bad. I thought you was talking about like, <laughs> Yeah, my bad. Like one of the multi-level, uh, like them pyramid uh, scheme type. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> nah, 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 yeah, nah, I bring nah. in, I bring in one person, and you got to bring in like five, five, five other I, people. I couldn't do that. Yeah. I couldn't do that shit. Nah, I was working at AmeriCorps at this job called City Year. My bad. That's my basically bad. Basically, when you work in the school, you work in the school with kids, and you like tutor them and stuff like that. Okay. And I was doing that, but I really wasn't good at it. But I would like have good relationships with the kids and the staff there. And a lot of them were just like, man, you need to figure out how to do with that shit full time. And that's like the, and that everything just kept pushing me to comedy. Like every job I had, they were like, yeah, man, we like having you here, but go do that. Go get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I promise you, everybody was like, do that. Go, go figure that out. And I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did. You know what I mean? That's what's up, man. Always, always, uh, always, always define in my, you know, the way I look at life. 
and how I define success is doing something that you love and being able to, you know, um, you know, capitalize off that, being able yeah. to, you know, make a living off that. So in my eyes, man, you successful. You know what Thank I'm saying? You, you know, you're doing you doing what you love to do and, and you getting paid for it. You know what Absolutely, I'm saying? Man. No, I love this shit, man. Like I said, this is the best decision I made. It's taking me places that I never knew I could actually go. Right. You know what I mean? Like I mentioned, like Africa, I performed to China. I've been to fucking like performed in Mexico and stuff like that. Like I've been to like different places because of comedy, doing what I do. Like I haven't changed the joke. I haven't like tried to make it fit a certain demographic. I went as me, and I'm like, this is the only place I can go and be myself. Oh, I don't know any other job that'll pay me to be like, yeah, yeah, do that goofy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 I want to ask you this: like, if a, if a young comedian came up to you and he wanted to get into comedy, or she wanted to get into comedy, what was some of the type of uh, you know advice you would you you would give? Them? Uh, man, I tell them it's a couple of things, I guess. But I, the first thing is you can't be afraid of failure. You gotta treat this shit like riding a bike. It's like you you only get good at riding a bike when you're not afraid to scrape your knees and fuck up your elbows, right? And that's the same thing with this business where some of the best shows are the ones that are gonna be out of your comfort zone and you gotta be open to doing all of that shit and you gotta be cool with failing. You know what I mean? Like like I wanna say going from open mics and trying things at open mics to hosting at a comedy club there's a lot of steps in between that there's a lot of relationships and places you have to be to even make sure that material is good enough for the comedy club to trust so i'm saying once you get in the comedy be open to the world that it is that um you've been exposed to so travel like there's comics who do it and won't get on the bus or get on the plane or whatever they go do it across country it's just like nah fuck that that's why you got into it because you're like i want to make people laugh people need laughter everywhere exactly. so you got to be open to like leaving and there's going to be a lot of lonely time by yourself you got to be comfortable with that you got to learn how to be productive within those times and uh yeah i guess the biggest thing i always like me and my friends are all be like gotta shoot your shot like we're not afraid to do shit. like i love my group of friends because we'll maybe like ask each other check with each other yo i'm uh, i'm thinking about doing this and like, all right nigga, shoot your shot it's just like fucking do it because that's the yeah. only way to know if it works or not so i'm saying like always be willing to shoot your shot talk your shit and don't be afraid of any of it no doubt so look um to the, the the state of comedy has has vastly changed uh past i say the past 20, 20 years man i, I seem a lot of people want to, you know, they, they, they want to frame comedy in this whole politically, they want to see it through this whole politically correct lens. And, and, and I like that we still have comics like you who still tell it like it is because I always felt like comedians, uh, they, they, they're, they're like the, the, the architects as far as like being able to say a lot of things that a lot of us, normal you know regular folk just are afraid to say you guys yeah. are the mayors of that you guys are still allowed to say a lot of things and and and, and not catch a lot of backlash but it seemed like today mm -hmm. now people are coming at comedians so yeah. what's your whole take on, on on the state of comedy today man? i love it man it, it kind of it's it's an occupational hazard like you're going to say some shit that isn't going to sit right with a certain group of people. Now, the pressure also, like, the people going to do what they're going to do. They're going to get mad. They're going to talk about it. They're going to talk about you. But that's a part of what we do. We put ourselves out there for ridicule and that speculation. And we put our thoughts out there. And once it's out there, I don't got to defend it no more. So I don't care. It's not that I don't care. It's just that I'm like, I know my intentions are never to uh never to make a group of people feel bad to demonize people or nothing i do comes out of malice it's always from a place of trying to understand it and also going this shit is funny though like it's fucked up right, yeah right it's funny 
And then after I do that, however it's interpreted, it's on them. Like they do that. And my goal is just to kind of sit back and not let it affect the, the shit that's going on inside of me. Cause I still have to produce shit. I still have to speak my mind and stuff like that. So I feel like it's good right now for comedy. It's like the people who have something to say aren't afraid of that shit. The people who have something to say, we're just going, okay, all right, well, they're mad at this, but maybe I can make them look at it this way. Or maybe because they're not seeing it this way. You can never let an audience stop you from like just showing your your view. You can't. Right. So to me, like I, I've been in that and it's not new. Like I feel like when I really started doing comedy, I like I came up under that shit where people or you go to certain places and you say shit and people are like, what? Uh-uh. But it's never as bad as it is in person than it is online. And that's what that's what I would that's what I want to talk about. Go ahead. I said shit online that I'm like, oh, that wasn't that bad. And then I said on stage and the audience is like, ah, and I'm like, oh, okay. Online, some people act like they're supposed to be this certain thing. So they're like, hey, maybe I should speak up because I think this is wrong. And let me see. I look at it as some of these niggas just want friends. So a lot of these people aren't angry. They just want something to talk about. They don't have like a group of friends on their own. Right. So they're like, hey, internet, my friend, let's interact with each other. And I'm like, as an entertainer and a comic, my only job is to speak my mind and give people shit to talk about. So if they're not talking about your bits, then it's, I feel like, eh. No doubt. No, I feel you. Like, I feel if you. Say, like, if you're saying something that is funny, like at the end of the day, if there's a bit that they go, you're wrong for saying this, and then the whole world sees it, and the whole world sees the audience of people laugh, we go, but these people thought it was funny, so they achieved their fucking goal. There you go. So you so you haven't found you haven't uh found yourself having to having a backpedal, you know, some Twitter some Twitter comments. Nah, nah, you know yeah. they came at your boy, you you know, a uh, fellow Philly native Kevin Hart. They coming at Dave Chappelle. Yeah. They coming at it's, it. seemed like every other week, the woke mob, and, and and you know, and I hate to, I I hate to do the air quotes, man. Anyone but that woke is racist. That's yo, come on. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you, all of these black accounts are actually white accounts. I bet you, all of these black Twitter accounts, they white people. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm, but but it, it, but you say it's something that's very um that's very profound. You know how a lot of times you see this crap on Twitter, but when you go out in public, you know, with the people, it's a whole it's a totally different response. And it's, it's like I was just talking to my, my 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 girlfriend. We was talking, you know, how we talk about it's the loud uh, minority a lot of times. It's a loud minority. But when you see this crap on Twitter, you think this is how everybody view things. Mm-hmm. So, so, so touch, touch on that a little bit, man. You know. Well, for me, it's just that you don't see the, you don't ever see it, right? So, like, I, I've rarely been to a place where the online hatred spilled over into real life. You know what I mean? Like, ain't nobody, ain't, ain't nobody ever rush up on the stage try to get at you like they did uh, Dave Chappelle. I mean, yeah, but for other shit, <laughs> <laughs> that's just because they were drunk. Like that happens. That's just a that's just a weekend. I guarantee you, right now, there's a guy on stage who has to fight off someone else from coming on the stage. That happens. It's not like. Chris Rocket and Bethel, right. it, it like happens all the time. Right, it's right. Sometimes you just gotta be like, get the fuck off of here. Like, sometimes you gotta like, be like, yo, get the, get off the stage or just the, the security will come and get that person. But I, I'm in New York. Most of the comics who are on TV are also in New York. Circles are small and shit like that. So like, if you're at a club with somebody who's canceled online, and you don't see a mob of people 
trying to get that club canceled, you see a line of people waiting to see that person, you go, something off. These yo, people but, yo, I don't rem- but you're going, something's off. If I don't remember if this. I, but, 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 mad, and then there's a line of people going to see the show, something doesn't make sense. But I'm saying, but Monroe, I don't remember this, man. Like me and you are around the same age, man. I don't remember seeing people try to cancel comics. And I don't remember people trying to, you know, uh, shut down a comedy club. Like recently, what did you add up? It was harder to do. Like you had to write letters. You had to get it printed in the newspaper. Okay. Like now that's an email. It's a tweet. Like if you wanted to protest back in the day, you had to write a fucking a piece to go into the editorial in the newspaper, hope people read it, and then fucking synchronize they watch it. And <laughs> so yes, like yeah. back then it took a lot. Like people had to be really mad to organize because I'm like, I'm writing letters. I'm, yeah. like, I'm making phone calls. I'm calling yeah, house yeah, phones. Yeah. Y'all ain't got the internet. It's a, it's 250 characters. You can just galvanize people through through words you know 150 uh characters you know how easy it is to get people on the street just out is it pokemon go for years (laughs) people people out the street fucking catching pokemon in the parks and they started groups and so people will gather for anything you get what i'm saying like people will just come together because they're lonely most of the time yeah yeah i'm like look it's easier now than it was back then so long story short you know, a lot of this shit hasn't really affected you. It hasn't, you know, it, it, has, it hasn't made you adjust how you deliver your, you know. No, because it can't really shit. affect the stand-up comic unless they have a job. Like, I don't have a job. I'm not on the show. I don't write for anything. I, uh, I'm i all stand-up. So I don't have to speak for anything. Usually, like, if you're on the show, you're, you're, the network is borrowing your image. Your likeness. Show, your likeness. Yeah, right. So you represent them. Mm-hmm. Right? So when people are protesting you, they're probably protesting the show. It's fucking with a lot of other people's yeah. money. Yeah. So yeah. that's when you hear apologies and shit. But most comics, that shit works for them. Because if there's a group of people online going, this person is, should be canceled, then what it's doing is making other people look and go, let me see what the fuck they're talking about. Now they're fans. They're they're yeah. creating fans so it really only helps stand up if you get canceled i feel like as a stand-up comic that's the unless it's for like some sexual shit yeah. like you're doing shit to like women or just people in general right you getting canceled for words and, and jokes that just makes you more famous yeah you know, it's almost like the guy like the guy at work that, that's that's you know sleeping around with a bunch of chicks yeah. but but so you got half the chicks hate them, but then the other, the other half of the chicks they want to see like, what. Yo, what the fuck that they do? And, uh, <laughs> they're like Karen and Bester going crazy over this shit. I want to see like, what. You, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. What's and what's going exactly on? What, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So they think that they're harming these people's careers, and sometimes they're causing. Yeah, they're causing people to not work. In the public eye, like on television and right. movies, which is how you like reach a bigger population, but they're also helping them cultivate their audience because now you get a bunch of people who are like, I don't think what you said was that bad, and I think you're pretty funny, and now they're team you because everybody was like, you're wrong. I think a lot of people want want um, want comics to continue to be as authentic you know because we always looked at like i said earlier we always look for comedians to to say a lot of the uh, things that a lot of us are afraid to say you guys can speak about the ills of society you guys can speak you know just speak of uh a uh a lot when it comes to the status quo of how things um supposed to how things look you know in 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 the current state uh or whatever so yeah. i always feel like you know my in, in my opinion and and just looking around and talking to uh friends uh of mine we want comics to continue to be authentic man don't change what you guys are doing man just continue to be yourselves man yeah man i am i have no choice like i don't know what else to do i'm like i don't know i'm too late now to <laughs> too late in the game it's yeah too late in the game but yeah um 
We'll do that, man. People don't understand that comics do more than just stand up. They write commercials. They right. make, you know what I mean? They work on all different types of shows, even shows that have nothing to do with comedy. Sometimes they bring in a comedy writer just to make like someone's monologue or dialogue pop a little bit more. So people don't think about that is when they attack comedy, they're attacking like a whole art form, a whole art form that's used in other media. No doubt. Now you mentioned, you know, you mentioned uh, comedians being tied to different uh, networks. Now, have you been approached, you know, with a, you know, any type of deal, any, you know, situation like that? I mean, that's not really how it works. It's, uh, I've worked with different networks and, and stuff like that. And I still have the opportunity to work with them if I bring them something. That's really, at least out inside looking around, it's like, if you're if you're doing your thing and you're creating and you like bring it to people it's like and you keep nailing away that's how shit gets made it's not like they really are going around like hey you you we want you it's just like hey who got good shit you know what i mean and that's really what the game is at least from my perspective it's just like you gotta, you gotta come with it because there's people pitching shows all the time and stand-up specials and all that stuff. And it's just like, you gotta cultivate your relationships and you gotta just keep chipping away until there's something that sticks. No doubt. You know, now, today, you know, with social media, you have a lot of, uh, I, I, hate to, I hate to call them this, but I don't know what else to really call them, man. Social media, internet comedians, man. So oh, okay. what's, what's, your, what's your whole take on that? Do you feel like, they have infiltrated the, uh, the the comedy game. Are they taking away, you know, a lot of you guys' audience? Like, what's your whole take on the, you know, guys like Country Wayne and, um, oh, man, he's the biggest one right now. But it's a couple of other ones I can't think of on the top of my head. And I actually like Country Wayne, by the way, as a, you know, as a person. Yeah. yeah. It's comedy. I mean, I'm, not, I'm, not gonna lie. I'm not the biggest fan of his comedy. Yeah. But what's I've, your take? What's your whole I've take? I've never, I've never watched it, but I, I wouldn't even comment really and be like, cause I'm not that type of person that's going to be like, that shit whack or this ain't this or whatever. Like, I don't have that abundant mindset. Like, right. I'm very much like, there's, there's a million people in this shit, right? Now, now you do and, know it, you do, you do know it exists though, right? No, no, no. I'm saying it does, but I don't have that mindset of like, it's taking away. They're just finding an audience, like they're they're finding an audience on their own. You know what I mean? Like I've been to shows where people have come to my shows and be like, yo, I just got to see the such and such. I love them. And I'm also a fan of yours too. So I never been like, ah, they got all these people. There's no people for me. It's like, motherfuckers eat multiple brands of cereal. They wear different brands of shoes. You can have variety in the comics you like. And also, we don't do the same thing. So that just makes me feel a lot more comfortable because I'm not, I'm like, we're not doing the same shit. We're not going up there talking about the same thing. We're not even attempting to connect to the audience in the same way. So for me, I don't see none of that shit as a competition or a threat because I'm like, I'm trying to write my best. I'm still trying to make some shit that stick and that represents me the best and something that I can sit back and look at and be like, yo, I did that. Right. And I can't do that while also looking at other people and going, what they doing? What that nigga up to? Okay. You know what I mean? But I really only say that because I got like a good circle around me and we don't do that shit. We kind of just like, like, yeah, there's people who stink, but we're not, like, we don't even care. We're like, yo, what you working on? I seen that joke mm. you was doing on stage, yo. Maybe you should try this. Like, that's, like, who I'm around. Okay. So, so, that brings me to my next question. Like, where do you get your inspiration from? Like, how do you go about, you know, putting together material? And, and, all, and, and, and also, talk to me about like how hard is it to to make sure that the material is fresh man like you know i know that's a loaded question man so you can start whatever you know yeah. whatever question that you want to start um, with man i for me usually my it's a shit that like like i'll see like it's just about things that you see and you'll go oh that's weird oh that's different and then your mind starts to go, but what's different about it? What would be, 
what would be better in that situation? And then that's when the thought and the joke starts to form. And but you, you start like, writing immediately or what? Like No, I said on stage first. And then if it's funny or is it not funny, but if it's interesting enough and the audience goes, ah, like that's when you got to look at people. And when you look at somebody, like people tell you, they'll let you know if the shit is interesting. Because mm. it don't always got to be funny. It just got to be interesting. If you say something interesting, they'll sit with it long enough to find out what the fuck is funny about it. Yeah. So I try to always bring up things on stage that interest me and see if they're interesting or not. And if they are, I'll write it down. I'll listen to it again. And then I'll start to try to really form the joke. Because at least for me, like writing first and then going on stage, those are two different voices. Like your writing voice is this, usually the voice in my head when I write, always thinks it's saying it the right way. Like when I'm writing it down, my brain is like, yeah, and I'm gonna say this and write it like that. And maybe I'll do it like this. Well, when I bring the thought right to the audience, the audience goes, ah, oh, okay, I want to know more. And now I get to really explain what the fuck I'm trying to talk about and make funny. So for me, I have to bring it on stage first, which yeah. sucks because sometimes the show will be hot, right? There'll be a hot show. Everybody go up there and kill. And then I'm like, hey, blah, blah, blah. They like, what? And I'm like, all right, fuck it. We're going to figure this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the genius of Monroe Mai, man. That's the genius of you, brother. That's why. That's why I love, love uh, watching you do your thing, man. So, what you know? Um, I want. I want to talk. I want to uh, touch on uh, some current events, man. I'm not gonna hold you too much longer, but we gotta talk about this one because they've been in the news, man. And you, I, you probably can predict what I'm about to say. And I want to talk about the Will Smith and the Chris Rock. Slap it, oh, man. man. That shit was sad. That shit let me down. Man. So, so I mean, has that has it has that changed the way a little bit, just a little bit the way that you deliver your jokes, or you know, what is your what what's what's your take on that whole incident? I thought it was fake, honestly. Uh, from the jump, I was like, this don't make no sense. It's the biggest night on network television that they would never let something like that happen. They're definitely looking for some sort of like uh viewer spike. That was my that was my uh my first thought. Cause I'm like, I watch wrestling too, so you can't convince me that somebody hit somebody where I'm like, yo, I know what fucking pulling the punch looks like or <laughs> pulling the hit. Like I want more wrestling thing. So right. when I watched it, I was like, man, that's fake. I thought it was a box sketch. Like maybe it was like one of those things that was supposed to like, you know how like the Oscars, they do skits with the audience. Right, right, right. And they'll be like, we were just fucking around. Like I felt like <laughs> it was one of those moments where Will Smith forgot to go. I was just being an asshole. Like I was just joking. <laughs> right, right, right. happened. And I was like, holy shit, okay, maybe it wasn't that. But now look at, now I look at it and I go, ah, that's wrong. I definitely would have sued because the joke wasn't even that bad. Like now, let's let's rewind before you finish your thought because I want you to finish your thought. But I just want to rewind for a second. Like, when did you realize that it was real? I think I realized it was real like after, like um, you see like Chris Rock, like in New York, you see Chris Rock. He comes to the comedy club, he hangs out and shit like that. But would you see him going on stage and like Kevin Hart and them are also on stage and they talk about it and you kind of see it in his face like oh shit that really happened like that's that's not fake like when you see them like kind of like talk about it but not really talk about it on stage but you see it like when you're in the audience and you get to see it you're like oh shit okay maybe maybe that situation really happened and it's not like some hollywood shit but after i kind of been like okay it could be real I stood, then started to go, well, then Will Smith was wrong, like, all the way through the situation, because it's just like, regardless if he said a joke that didn't sit right with you, then his job is to present a reward, make fun of the, 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 the people in attendance, and keep it moving. So he did his job all the way through. And somebody in the way comedy works is someone is going to be the butt of the joke, regardless if they're in the room or not. You know what I mean? No doubt. So for Will, and especially like 
I don't know. It was just weird because Will Smith has a show where he's featuring stand-up comedians in Vegas. And he's a he's a, a fellow Philly native as well. Yeah, Philly dude. Also, like he had the whole documentary thing on Instagram about wanting to do stand-up comedy. So I would have thought that he already knew how the game was played. You get what I'm saying? But it's the thing, you know, the thing, the thing that stood out about me, I mean, you know, the thing that stood out, stood out about it to me, I noticed that he laughed. Like after Chris, yeah. after, uh, you know, he heard the joke, he laughed. Yeah. So obviously he wasn't that offended until Jada gave him whatever type of look that she gave him yeah. and then he reacted. So to, 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 to my point, man, like you, you, you thought it was funny, brother. Like, come on, man. You yeah. can, like That's why he's wrong. Somebody has to be the butt of the joke. That's why he's wrong. Somebody has to be the butt of the joke. And I don't know, like no one's ever made like, I think, yeah, like I've been places, like I have friends, we'll put fun at each other. People have said things in front of me or my wife or whatever. And I'm like, all right, but I'm not gonna smack them in their face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we're like, we're adults at this point. Like there are men with a lot to lose and they can't be acting like, well, I'm saying they, like Chris did nothing. He did nothing right. wrong. Now what, now if, if, so, so if, wrong. If, if that was you, if the roles were reversed and that was Monroe Martin the third, and Will Smith went up, <laughs> Will um, Smith went up, went up the stage and smacked you. What, what would you have done? I'm suing that motherfucker. <laughs> you don't understand suing? What? A lot of people make money in this country by suing each other. And Will Smith, the right person. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like getting smacked by Oprah. Yeah, man. <laughs> smack, if Will Smith smacked me, it'll literally be like being smacked by Gene. <laughs> for the bank I'm like alright wish number one motherfucker <laughs> nah man I, I feel you hey bro I feel you man I, I, I think I think Chris Rock took it like a G though yeah. Chris I Rock think got money it. that's why Will Smith knew to smack another millionaire and another millionaire a thousandaire <laughs> if Will Smith smacked somebody <laughs> who don't make a million, they just make a couple of thousand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, thank you for the the, the, the invitation to the club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah. I'll, I'll see you at the Rock Nation brunch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. No, I, I had to speak on that, man, because that is, that, that that story has grown legs and, yeah. you know, it is it, it is took on a whole life it's of its, its own. It's still man. going on. Like, I haven't really, in the comedy scene, at least in the people I'm around, like, no one's Nah, Chris, um, Will finally apologized. Um, I think, Two like... Two months later? I know, he finally apologized, later? man. He finally apologized. And, and I'm gonna be honest, man, the apology looked staged, it looked choreographed. He got... He got three different camera angles, yeah. and it, it, I mean, you take a look at it. He did it on YouTube, How many man. You need to say, I'm sorry. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, the shit out yeah, of man. I'm oh, like, come God. on, bro. Like, you do, you're doing, you're doing a little bit too much, man. You, yeah. I, I get it. You wanna, you know, you wanna put out a statement, but I feel like it's a certain way you should go about it, man. You know, but. Damn, yeah, no. I, I'll probably check it out. That's funny. Like he, yeah, yeah, it's, he got it's a full production for an apology. Yeah, it's, man, it's they, wild, man. It's wild. They probably so rich. They probably making so much money. His production crew, they're like, Will's making a cup of coffee again. We need three camera coverage on this one. <laughs> well, Chris, Chris, Chris said he's not ready. He said he's not ready to, uh, you know, he's not ready to, um, to sit down with Will and and, and, and hash things out. But you know, they said the brother uh, Chris Rock's his comedy shows have, yeah. have went through the roof lately. Oh yeah, I yeah, them ticket prices. Them ticket prices dropped down. Chris probably got because Chris is single, so he probably got a flow of money coming through from the tour. He probably getting a ton of sympathy pussy. So why would, I would not, I'm not sitting down. Get the fuck out of here. Let me fuck these bitches first. Oh, I that forgot about that part. <laughs> Chris is definitely like, ah, yeah. You handle your shit. I'm going to get yeah, this money. Yeah, yeah. 
and he's he's a uh, vagina. Yeah, he's 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 Diddy Diddy two right now. Absolutely, hell yeah. Uh, that's, hell that's, yeah. That's, that's that's wild, man. Hey, did you hear about um earlier today, man? I, and and I see we gonna talk. I don't want to I don't want to bring down the you know the, I want to bring the show down, but it's something tragic happened today with the um you know the the, the WNBA uh, basketball player Brittany Griner. Um, uh, Russia uh, just sentenced her to nine years, man. Um, what's your whole take on that, man? What's your whole take on that? I mean, I don't think I really have one just yet. I mean, you got I'm some jokes, so. <laughs> no, no, I'm laughing. Hold on, okay, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. It's hilarious. Let me, um, let me say this. Let me say this. I hate people say, Malak, you're always cutting the guests off, but I got it. I got it. Let me just say this real quick. Yeah. First of all, it's my show, so I, I, I can stop the show whenever I want to. <laughs> but two, no, no, no. I, I just want to say, a, 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 is it anything that you you would not you would not touch? Like certain things, is it you know certain things you won't touch? As I mean, far as talking, no. It just takes time. I just gotta find a way. I gotta <laughs> find something that's interesting. That's interesting to me about it. I'll talk okay. about anything, but I just have to come up, uh, come at it from a genuine, authentic point of view. Gotcha. So gotcha. that way, I'm not saying you know who Patrice O'Neill is. Ever heard the goat? The, the goat. He the goat. One thing before he before like he's like the comedy god. It's the and, goat. But he said this one thing, and he said about being frivolous. And the way I took it was, don't say shit that you're not attached to. Because there's always going to be that follow-up. Someone's going to test something. So you need to be able to be like, I stand behind this because here's what's interesting. Or Ten toes down. Ten toes down. And I, I never want to put myself in that position. But, yeah, I think for me, I don't know much about the situation except she went to jail for uh, a victim, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's it. So I don't know. Maybe... I'll five grams, yeah. Five I think it, grams. Five grams, nine years, man. But but the, the, the crazy thing about it, can she, can she at least use the vape pen in the jail? Can <laughs> 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 I at least like what like that? <laughs> like that's why women's sports should be like celebrated a little bit more so they can afford a better attorney. Because it feels like that's really who. That's really who lost. It's not had nothing to do with Brittany. If, if she had a public defender or a WNBA level lawyer, man, she had whoever the fuck. They got their ass kicked. They got their ass kicked in the courtroom. Yeah, she needs like a rape allegations lawyer. Somebody <laughs> who deals with like fucking. <laughs> man, man, I, I, I hate. I, I, that's what I said, man. I don't want to bring down the show, man. No, but man. I mean, it's, it's. I hope she's. I hope her family is good, and I hope that you know. Yeah. Damn. It was know. tragic, man. I was surprised, man. I saw it. they said nine years, man. A buddy of mine at work told me. I said, man, it's no way. Right. I said, are, are they? Um, you know, uh, uh, is, is that something that they like? It's it's Can finalized. It? Yeah. Yeah, they said no. This this is it. You know, this is nine the final years. Sentencing? Final sentence. Well, what if Russian prisons are easy as shit to escape out of? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what if it's so fucking easy? What if like she gets there again? You know what I mean? But a lot of people say, people say, you know, I've heard this. And I don't know if you heard this. People say, well, if that was LeBron James, uh, she would have been home. Yeah, because LeBron James runs multiple companies. It ain't even about LeBron being a fucking great athlete. He's a he 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 has a production company where he makes TV shows. Yeah, you know what I mean. He runs a school. He has charities. Yeah. Like you're right, not just right, taking right. a basketball player. You're taking yeah. a fucking some a, a piece to help the whole system move. Yeah, but I'm not saying I don't know anything about Britney. I don't know any foundation. But she got a school. If she had a school, Brittany <laughs> <laughs> had a school. The Brittany got a school, man. Brittany had a school or a production company. She she'd be home right now. Yeah, man. It's 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 fucked up, man. Uh, uh, I don't know what to say. I, I know a lot of people are talking about you know we should go and get her. I'm like. Oh yeah, yeah, we not, yeah, we not about to go to war over no basketball player, man. Right. Like, there's two even... countries that the United States know not to fuck with: Russia 
in China. Yo, for real. And even like I, when I was on my recent flight, we had to fly around Russia because American American planes aren't allowed into like exactly. Russia. Yeah. So no fly zone. Who the fuck is this weed? How is these motherfuckers getting to Russia? Yeah. Like, I feel like right now Britney's like Princess Peach. Like they're just waiting for some motherfucker to come save her. They're like, you really want her ass? Yeah. Yeah. Come get her. I, I say I say the That'd same be a thing. That's a great movie, right? Like, yeah. like, like, <laughs> That'd be a great movie. Same in Britney Grinder. Yeah, Britney Grinder. Sorry. Like maybe I don't know. Like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, maybe they challenged the Russian female basketball squad to a basketball game. <laughs> Yo, they steal around. I don't know. This sounds like a good movie idea. Yeah, Britney, man. Britney That's home. maybe um Steven Spielberg, man, you can put that together, man. Something like get her to it's like get him to the Greek butt with Britney Grinder. <laughs> you remember that movie? Remember get him yeah, to that's my I love that movie, man. But with Britney, get her ass back home. Get her back home, man. Get her that's, back home. that's crazy, man. So look, brother, it's been a pleasure, man, having you on the platform. I like uh I, I told you, man, I'm gonna try I, I'm trying not to keep you on here long, man, but one hour later. What? <laughs> I ain't gonna hold you long, man. <laughs> An hour and eight minutes later. <laughs> Yo, why you gotta put me on the spot, man? Why you gotta put me on the spot? See, I can't even. I can't even. I'm not even gonna edit that. I'm gonna let that stay in there. I'm gonna let that stay in there, man. I want everybody to see this, man. <laughs> but nah, brother, man, it's 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 truly an honor, man, to to really finally be able to chop it up with you, man. And I love what you got going on, man. I love your material, man. I love your whole, you know, your your, your whole shtick, man. I, I love it, man. From from, you know, from everything, man. I love seeing you on these networks, man. And I just wish many great blessings to you, man. I know, I know, skies is the limit. And uh, you know, thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep doing what I do. You keep doing what you're doing, man. No doubt, no doubt. Now you got any um before we get out of here, where are you performing next and where can uh folks find you like on social media, you know? Where, when like is that. this coming out? Talk, say it again. When is this episode coming out? Oh, I'm about to drop this a me. This is gonna be dropping Saturday. Okay, so um Matter of fact, 20th, Sunday, 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 Sunday. So the nineteenth and the twentieth, I'm in Milwaukee. And then if you want to get updated on any of my shows, go to MonroeMartinComedy.com or follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, which is Monroe Martin III or Monroe Martin Comedy. No doubt, no doubt, yeah. man. Well, look, we got the uh, the one and only Monroe Martin, man. Had to, had to uh, stop by and bless the Bridging the Generation podcast, man. Thank you again, brother, man. You got any final words before we get up out of here? Um, no, nah, man, I would say thank you for having me on, and I look forward to hearing this episode. No, no doubt, man, no doubt. Well, thank you again, brother. God bless you, and you take care, man. You too, man. All right.